Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. One of my favorite features is how you can see the view from your seat. So you can pick the ones that have no obstruction and get you the best view of the court or the field wherever you're at. Well, now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Player App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app, create an account, then under the Billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC, one word. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who use the redeem code, and it expires at the end of the year. It's December 31st. It's coming up soon. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. I can tell this organization is committed to winning. The Broncos, they do have incredible fans that love this team, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Another takeaway for this Denver defense, and 58 is right in the middle of all of it. Wow! Touchdown, Denver! Unbelievable! Oh my goodness, what a play! Well, as it turns out, Drew Locke is immortal after all, and he will not finish his NFL career undefeated. Hello, everyone. Welcome inside Mile High Magic. Alongside Nikki Javala, I am Michael Spencer. Glad to be with you as we recap a 23-3 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday at a snowy Arrowhead Stadium. Nikki, there is a lot to dive into. We're going to, of course, talk about Drew Locke's performance. We're going to talk about what's going on with Shelby Harris and how well he played yesterday. But I think we have got to start with Von Miller and his post-game comments. They were unlike anything we have heard from Vaughn really ever. We have heard him be down. We have heard him be upset. We've heard him be uh, discontent at times. But what we heard yesterday was unlike any of that. There is a lot to unpack here. So first of all, just kind of generally, what did you think of what you heard from Von Miller post game after that loss in Kansas City? I thought it was alarming. Um, like you said, I mean, he's been on the brink of tears after games. He gets very upset more so than any other player uh, after losses. He hates missing games. He has to wait for a trainer to tell him he has to sit out before he'll ever say it. Um, but this time, he was very vocal about how frustrated he is, how he's sick of losing, how, you know, after three years now, officially, of being on a losing team, he wants to get back to winning. He wants to win more than anything. And it gave the impression that he might want out of Denver. He didn't say that outright. And when asked if he's given up, uh, he did say that he still has hope. But this is not a happy Von Miller, and it comes at an interesting time um, with his contract because he he has two years left, and he's got team options for both years. Um, And if there was a time for the Broncos and Von Miller to part ways, now would be it. Um, You know, or after this season, maybe after one year, but this isn't like 2016 where he's locked up with, a lot of money. Um, this is going to be an interesting offseason, as they always are for the Broncos. But, you know, Von Miller decides he doesn't want to be a Bronco for life. Could shake up things significantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would shake up, I mean, the 
structure of this franchise Absolutely. per se, because you thought you were going to have Vaughn as your guy. And, and I like the term you use there, Bronco for life. That's what he tweeted mm-hmm. after he signed that deal a couple years ago. Um, so let's, let's listen to what Vaughn had to say. And this is from his opening statement. He walks up to the podium. They don't even ask him a question. And he just starts going in about how tough it is being at his age and gets a little retrospective too on his time as a Bronco. Take a listen. Um, it's hard. I really don't even. I really don't even know what to say. You know, I don't know how we got to this point. You know, I don't know why. I don't know why we went in like this. I really don't know what to say. It's tough. You know, it's tough being where we at, and it's tough being you know 30 years old and you know, going out there with a with whatever issues I'm dealing with and and still coming up so short. And um, it's tough playing nine years with. With Chris Harris, and you know, um, these it's tough dealing with these last couple ones, especially with um, the type of standard that we had whenever we came into to the league. You know, we went to the playoffs five games straight. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself, and you know, it's talking about more than just the game, but it's just it's just tough. I, I'm really lost for words. So he's at a loss for words, right? And I think part of that is that. He's had this. He, he's had these same post game pressers for the last couple of years now, and he's really trying, in my mind, to not throw anybody under the bus. Yeah. Right? Like that's not Vaughn's mo. But at the same time, I think he's sitting here saying, "Look, I don't know what you guys want me to say any differently because it's the same stuff yeah. every single week." Right? No, I'm, he he does not like confrontation. We know that about Vaughn Miller. Um, He's one of those guys where he likes having everybody like him. Now, this is not to say that he, you know, changes things based on that. Um, I think guys have a great deal of respect for him, and he works incredibly hard to get to where he is. But he's obviously frustrated by the lack of change um, as he sees it. Um, They have a quarterback, but they still haven't developed the team around him, um, or he thinks they have a quarterback, and they haven't developed enough around him. Um, the defense is, you know, okay, certainly not where it needs to be. Um, and, and they're watching other teams just leave them in the dust between the Chiefs who, you know, they have Patrick Mahomes, you can't replicate him. They had a pretty stacked offense already, but they've developed their defense since. And the Ravens who are, you know, have L- Lamar Jackson and developed an offense around him. Um, so many teams seem to be passing the Broncos by as they kind of sit in this lull where it's losing season after losing season. And this is not, this is not what Von Miller signed up for. I can imagine it's what anybody signed up for. Um, but there's no clear path or strategy toward fixing it. Um, you know, we, we've harped on the quarterback situation for the longest time because it's the biggest piece. You can't win without a quarterback. Um, but there are so many holes on this roster and, and so many unknowns with the coaching staff. They don't have an owner. They haven't had an owner for six years now. Um, it, it's kind of a mess, and, and there's no plan to get it right. And, and you can see that really affecting the on-field product. You can see it really affecting the players like Vaughn. And I think what Vaughn got to yesterday was, look – we've, I don't want to steal his words because you're going to hear him in just a second, but he's like, we've tried everything. 
Well, I, I'm out of answers, basically, yeah. is what he's saying. I mean, he was asked after that opening statement, kind of how do you put things into perspective and, and take a listen to what he had to say. Well, we've tried everything. You know, we've, we've tried everything on, all, on and off the football field. You know, we've tried all different coaches, you know, all different players. We've tried everything. I, I really don't know what's going on. And if I did, you know, I, you know, I would be the, the first to – you know, execute whatever plan it is to get everything better. But I'm, you know, I'm lost for words. Nikki, this is a guy who's basically saying, look, I've lost to the Kansas City Chiefs nine straight times. I've had three different head coaches during that time frame. I've had seven different quarterbacks during that time frame. I don't know what it is going to take in order for us to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And actually, it would be eight different quarterbacks. Um because I think Peyton started the last loss to Kansas City, the final game in, in yeah, 2015. Yeah, week, week two in 2015 yeah. was the last time they've beaten the Chiefs. So, I mean, it's it's crazy when you when you think about this. And I, I looked at the numbers earlier. And if you take the, the great stretch of 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2015, the Broncos were 50 and 15 yep. during that time frame, just during the regular season, not counting the playoffs. And I know Vaughn missed some games during that stretch. But then you look at what has happened between 2017 and 2019. They're 16 and 30 yeah. in those two and a half seasons. He has twice as many losses in the last two and a half, now almost three years, as he did from 2012 to 2015. You know what their road that is. You know what their nuts. road record is. Since the start of 2016, that was a, 2016 was the last time they had a winning season. They were only nine and seven. That's that's yeah. bonkers to me. They're ten and twenty two on the road since the start of 2016. It's 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 insane. This is not what the Broncos were known for. You know, they they were kind of a model of stability, both on the field and off. Yeah, they had their you know. Really bad moments. The Josh McDaniels era certainly ranking high above them. Um, but this is, you know, those four years kind of set a tone for a lot of the guys that came in around that time. And that was Vaughn and Chris, who came in in 2011. Derek Wolf, who came in in 2012. Um, this is how their career started. And this is what kind of became the standard for them. And all the players, or the majority of the players they have now know nothing but losing with the Broncos. Um, even some of their finest players like Justin Simmons, Will, you know, Will Parks, Shelby Harris, all these guys that are, you know, going to be impending free agents. A lot of them are, <laughs> why would they stay? You know, they're going to get paid, but look at the state of the Broncos. They're, they're just not good and they don't have a clear way of fixing it. And that's, a, that's the biggest thing. And I think it's almost even worse for Von Miller because he's been to the mountaintop. He knows what it feels he, like. He's yeah. won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He won Super Bowl MVP. Justin Simmons and Will Parks and those guys who have come in since that Super Bowl year, they don't know anything different. Yeah. They've never even played in a playoff game, let alone won a Super Bowl. They've had one winning season, and it was just barely a winning season. So I think that makes this even tougher on Von because he's been there, and he kind of hit on that yesterday too. And I also thought it was really interesting what he said about Drew Locke and and his performance. And he was like, look, Drew's definitely the future, but it's everybody around him. 
Yeah. And that to me is like, look, we we may have our quarterback. Vaughn seems to think he has th- that the Broncos have their quarterback, but he's also at the same time saying nobody else around him is any good. Yeah. So everybody else, you know, this is more than just a situation where, okay, Vaughn Miller feels like the Broncos have their quarterback, so he's going to be content because he's pointing out everybody else. Defense needs to get stops and stop messing around and, you know, rush the pass and play tight coverage. I mean, he's calling out the coaches there too. This was, for me, this was about as uh, over the top as as Vaughn Miller is, is going to get. And if he were anybody else, and if he had said it any differently, I think it, it it is getting even more attention today than it it already is. Yeah. The one he's calling out the most in my mind though is John Elway. You know? Why why aren't we better? You've tried everything, you've changed coaches, you've brought in new players. Why aren't we better? You know, fix this. This is his job to fix this. Um you know, he, he mentioned everybody else, not by name, but, you know, just with players, positions, the guys around Drew Locke, the defense, offense. He did not at all say John Elway, but to me, it was pointed the most at John Elway, the guy that is in charge of this, the guy that is tasked and paid well to to fix this um, and to create a plan for fixing this. I keep going back to that because I, I think that's the biggest thing is there's no real strategy in place. You know, if players, coaches, if they all understood that it's going to take some time, but this is where they're headed, much like the 49ers when they sucked two years ago, but they were going to build up their picks and really build up both sides of the ball. And this is where it will lead us. I think I think some could get on board with that. But what are... What are they telling guys now? Like, we're just going to keep swinging and missing at quarterbacks? Or what is the answer here? How How is this going to – how is this awful cycle going to stop, you know? Well, and it kind of goes back to their refusal to admit that they're rebuilding. Yeah. And – they they keep pumping out. No, we're not rebuilding. We are, you know, we're we're retooling or whatever the word is that they they used. Um, if if they had come out prior to 2018 and said, "Hey, look, yeah, we're we're kind of in a rebuild." Does Vaughn feel differently? Nobody wants to go through a rebuild, but Vaughn has heard from his GM, from his coaches. No, we're not rebuilding. We're going to go out this year and win a Super Bowl. And he's looking around like, what do you mean? We're 5-11 and 11 and 6-10 and 10 and now 5-9. and nine. What do you mean we're going out and trying to win a Super Bowl? Clearly what you're doing right. here is not working. Right. Uh, they're, just, they're just spinning. Just spinning. And they have a lot of cap space next year, but they have a lot of holes to fill too. I mean, heck, they got... Joe, we don't even know what they're going to do with Joe Flacco. You know, I, I think it only makes sense to get rid of him, but it, they restructured that deal, and there's a lot of dead money tied to it. And, I mean, the most basic things, where is this going? Where is this going? I mean, this is, like he said, and I thought that was the most, you know, damning comment by Von Miller when he said, I'm 30 years old, and I've been playing in the league for nine years. I'm ready to hit the gear and go again. I'm ready to bring whatever we had in the past back. Two years, two down years, three down years, four, we did that, and now I'm trying to get back on it. He's over it. You know, this is, yeah, he expected a lull after Peyton Manning retired. I think most did. I don't know how it's inescapable when you don't have a ready successor like 
you know, they thought they did, but it that was expected. But three years out now, enough. Like, it needs to be resolved by now. Um, and Vaughn's and, basically, I mean, he's kind of peering into the future a little bit, right? Like, yeah, okay, he knows he doesn't have I'm a ton 30. of time left. No, his best football is arguably behind him. And he's got, he's got more already built up than he does mm-hmm. left to give. Um, and that's just kind of the, the cold hard facts there is that the guy's probably not going to play until he's 40. Um, and so I think he's looking at this and saying, man, am I wasting my career here in Denver? And am I fighting through these injuries, which he hit on yesterday mm-hmm. to waste away my career right. in Denver. I'm fighting through all this so that we can score three points. Yeah. And, and, I mean, how can you blame it? You could you could talk about loyalty all you want, but how many times do, you know, GMs just cut players or trade players? Hey, where's the loyalty in that, right? So just to play devil's advocate here. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I cannot blame Miller one bit. He's the one guy that puts in the time, the effort, um, He's never going to be the Von Miller vocal leader type or like DeMarcus Ware. Um, but he is the one guy, the, the guy behind the scenes, you know, coordinating these team dinners. And um, he's the glue of the locker room, you know. he He's the one that everybody kind of gravitates toward. And if the Broncos don't get it together, they're, they're going to lose Vaughn and they're going to lose their, right now, their biggest selling point for other mm-hmm. players and they don't have many selling points for other players that come here. I mean, shoot. Why would other guys want to stay? Can you see a scenario in which Von Miller goes to John Elway and says, Hey, look, it's been a good run, but, but trade me. Cause the Broncos probably aren't going to cut him out. Right. Right. Well, I mean, they have yeah. the team option, but it wouldn't make sense for, it wouldn't make sense for them not to pick up the option because then he leaves for nothing. Right. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But I, his cap hit is so high that it's going to make a trade very difficult. I mean, he's got a almost twenty six million dollar cap hit. Um, his salary is relatively reasonable for a top pass rusher, um, but the cap hit is big. And then what are they going to set the asking price at? And then for, from Von Miller's standpoint, I mean, if you piss off Elway, he's going to send you to, like, you know, God only knows where. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's not like he's going to, you know, do you like he did a keep and just send you to the Rams or something where you're, you know, you got weight and a ready-made defense or whatever. But you, trade is risky for both sides, you know. And I don't know. I, I don't know how this pans out. They would – so here are the financials. He's got two years. Each year has – uh, a team option. So for 2020, they have until March 17th to pick up the option. And if they do, $6 million of his salary becomes guaranteed at that point. Um, if they were to cut him before June 1st, they would save about $14 million, but they'd still have like 12 count against their cap and dead money. Um, the real savings would be after this year um, because they would only have about $4 million count against the cap and dead money and they would save like 18 million. So if they're to part ways, it would make sense after this year, um, give him and Bradley Chubb a season, full season together in Vic Fangio's defense. But I I think it's going to take some convincing that they actually have a plan that they're bringing in players that they, you know, 
it's more than just, you know, hoping this quarterback is the answer and that quarterback's the answer. Um, you know, and I think that's going to be the case for anybody that comes in. I don't know why free agents would want to sign here, and we've kind of seen it. They haven't had their pick of the litter of free agents. They've overpaid mm-hmm. for a right tackle that doesn't want to play, apparently. And, and every other free agent since 2014 has just kind of been meh. I mean, I don't even re- remember the names of some of these tackles they've signed in free agency. Menelik Watson, is he even still in the league? Donald Stevenson's nope. not. I mean you got to bring in the key players to draw other key players. That's why they got the defense they did is because they had Peyton Manning. And if Right, they had Peyton Manning. Yeah, everybody yeah, wants to go play with Peyton, exactly. even if you're on the other side of the ball. Yeah, why would anybody want to come to – and this is not to you know completely bash the Broncos or to be a downer, but that's kind of the reality of their situation is if, if you don't have any key pieces and if you don't have a plan, why would teams choose you when they have the option of going somewhere else? Right. Let's say you're a free agent, right? Where you want to go? You want to go to Kansas City or you want to come to Denver? Oh, you want to go to Baltimore or you want to come to Denver? Yeah. You want to I go think... to Houston or you want to go to Denver? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> come on. that's And that's yeah. just three off the top of my head that are in the AFC. One of them's in your division. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it was interesting hearing Vaughn say that just because it's pretty out of character for him. But at this point in his career – you know, good for him for saying that. Yeah, I don't blame know? I don't blame him one bit. Yeah. Yeah. I do not I just... blame him one bit. And 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 let me say this. He doesn't know this organization anything. No. Right? Like like you talked about how GMs can cut players willy nilly. Von Miller does not owe this organization a single thing. He single handedly won Super Bowl fifty people. Let's Thank be real. <laughs> Come on. Like single handedly. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. No, he, he's done more than enough. And this is, you know, not like to kiss his ass. He He's a good player. He cares. He works hard. Guys like him. You know, he's gotten a lot of money. Yes. But he also wants to win. And right now, we don't know if half that team wants to win. That's the fact right. of the matter. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, okay, so we're 20 minutes in, and we have yet to talk about the actual football game. Oh, yeah. Why, do we really want to relive that actual football game? <laughs> you weren't there. Um, I was scared I was going to get stranded in Kansas City for the freaking blizzard, and it was a blizzard. For all those people who tell me it wasn't a blizzard, it was. I was there. It was awful. It was some light snow. You weren't there. You were in the comfort <laughs> of your. It was the CBS studios were quite chilly. I can assure you. It was super blizzardy. Um, <laughs> I was almost stranded. It was. It was tragic. Well, we're glad you made it back. I Thanks. know Joey's glad you made it back as well. I think he is. I don't know. He usually is just happy when I feed him. So. <laughs> um, let's talk about Drew Locke's performance. Yeah. And, and I think there were a lot of takeaways there. First of all. It it kind of felt like he was due for a clunker, and then you throw in the weather, and you wonder what kind of real evaluation you can get. I think that it was kind of a, a perfect storm, no pun intended, um, that that kind of hit the Broncos yesterday. And I don't, I honestly, I don't put too much into what we saw from Drew Locke. Yeah, he had the bad interception. Um, but I thought that he made some good plays. I thought the the fourth and one pickup to Noah Fant was a great play call um, and, and well executed by Drew Locke as well. And to me, it's kind of like, okay, that one's over. 
Let's let's put it away. He got the homecoming out of the way. He didn't beat the Chiefs in his first try. Whatever. No big deal. I am more interested in seeing how he bounces back and seeing how he responds over the next two games because I think they have two very winnable games at home to end the season and how he responds and how he gets this team to respond is going to be the thing that I am watching for the most over the next couple of weeks because I think that is going to tell you a lot about Drew Locke and his potential as the Broncos' future quarterback. I agree with you completely. I mean, let's be honest, he turned in a stinker, but so did pretty much um, everybody it's, on the team. Yeah, it's not like anybody gave him some help. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I did, I really like that play call on fourth and one, but there were also some kind of questionable play calls too. So it was another inconsistent outing from everybody. They couldn't get anything going. And yeah, the conditions were terrible, but the conditions didn't seem to affect the Chiefs at all. Right. Um, so it wasn't, you know, like you couldn't get anything done, clearly. Um, I, I Again, I think it just kind of supports what Von Miller said. They don't have enough around him um and he's you know he he could be their answer at the position he's certainly looks like the best one they've tried thus far um but you know he he's not that immediate Patrick Mahomes Lamar Jackson type this is only start number three for him um and, and it's gonna take more around him um this is not to discredit Patrick Mahomes because he's sensational um but he has a ton of talent around him on offense between you know Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and it's just they can do a lot of things they can't do much with this current offense they have some decent pieces but certainly not enough um so yeah I don't put too much stock into this one game I am like you waiting to see how he responds to it if he can bounce back or if this kind of spirals for the rest of the season because if they lose at home to the Lions and then the Raiders who just got booed off their own field um that's going to be bad really then you bad. got some problems yeah. yeah well and I'm I I mean they had what 19,000 or so no-shows at the Chargers game I'm scared to even think about how many fans will actually show up to these last two. I actually think that there will be, I think that there's some juice and some buzz. And I know the game in Kansas city was not the outcome that Broncos country wanted, but I think that there will be fewer no shows because I think people want to see drew lock. And, and I think that they want to know kind of what this kid has. I think his win uh, in Houston kind of propelled them, obviously, uh, really high and then you come back down a little bit but remember they didn't announce drew lock as the starting quarterback prior to game time against the chargers when they had 19,000 no shows so like the dumbest business decision dumbest business of the past few weeks for them not ever. well exactly yeah right they've certainly made some dumb ones uh, over the past couple of years but that one stands out as uh, as recent dumb decisions but i think there will be um more people in the stands for the lions game now if they lose the lions game then i think you're looking at probably twenty thousand plus no shows for that season finale but i think that i think that they come back 
home and and they still have some buzz around them. It, it took a little bit of a blow thanks to that loss on Sunday, but I think they're going to be just fine. And I, again, I am so excited to see how Drew Locke responds because this is the first time he has had any kind of issue as a, a starting quarterback. And we had yet to see him play from behind prior to Kansas, prior to that game in Kansas city. Um, and now how does he rally his team knowing that there's two games left and these are two very important games for Drew Locke. They may not be important games for the Broncos as a whole, but they're very important for him and for some of those guys on the offense uh, in general. So I think that is can be a big rallying cry going into this week's game against the Lions, who are terrible and who they should beat by two touchdowns. Yeah, I was just going to say, if there's any game to really bounce back from, it's you know against the second-worst defense in the league. I mean, they're allowing, on average, 400 yards a game. <laughs> so should be great. I mean, it's it's a good chance to really. So the Broncos you know, should get at least two hundred. Yeah, it's a it should be a confidence <laughs> booster, right? <laughs> I mean, they're on average they're allowing twenty six point six points per game. I mean, the only defense that is worse is Vance Joseph's defense in Arizona. Um, yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I the confidence issue the the fact that. You know, he he's got that Drew Lock. It seems anyway. Again, it's early, but I feel like he's got the poise. He he knows what he's doing out there. He's not gonna um, completely have a meltdown after a bad game. I don't think. Um, but it, it it's more of can he actually get this offense going? Um, and he doesn't have a ton right now to work with. But you know that that's a big part of it. It's, can you get this thing going again? And you got to remember, the Broncos' offense wasn't very good when they were playing on fresh grass. They yeah. were going to be bad in a blizzard in Kansas City, right? Yeah. Like that was just kind of what you should expect. I mean, yeah. if he had gone out there and lit up lit up the KC defense for thirty points, that would have been awesome. And but that would have said. To me, maybe more, I would have leaned more in the positive direction than I am leaning in the negative direction based on just three points uh, against KC. And, you know, as as much as you want to say, oh, yeah, they, they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns, they had no answer for Travis Kelsey. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And I know the weather played into it. But 23 points is actually tied for the second lowest that the Chiefs have scored all season. So... Maybe it wasn't all bad. I don't know. Am I crazy there? It wasn't all bad because they still have the best red zone defense in the league. You know, they'll give up like 30 yard completions, but once they get inside the 20, <laughs> they'll stop them. Um, so instead of seven points, they're willing to give up three. Um, so that helps. Uh, <laughs> but it's just generally inconsistent. Like that. Shelby Harris had, you know, two sacks. He had a batted pass that was negated by penalty. But then he also had that roughing penalty that mm-hmm. was huge, right? And so uh, they'll have, like, these great moments that spare them of these tremendous losses or even a shutout, but um, can't quite get it done. You know, the the one other time they get in the red zone, Drew Locke throws that interception, which was just a bad bad decision um but that's you know that's kind of inherent in having a young and experienced quarterback um and i think he can fix it right i would prefer that he make that bad decision 
rather than like cower and take a sack or, I mean, I guess maybe you're still in field goal range, but I like that he was trying to make something happen rather than just tuck and and turtle. Well, and at this point you just learn from it, you know, you you got nothing to lose at this point in the season. If this were week two, it'd be a little different. I think it would be different. Um, See what works, you know, learn from it, go from there. That that's my feeling. That's that's why I view his five games here as kind of an experiment for him, you know? It's kind of a it's a almost a perfect situation because, you know, you're a second rounder, they like you. You did enough in the first two games to show that you're capable of this. You know, just use this as kind of a testing ground for moving forward, you know? What else do they have to go on at this point anyway? <laughs> right. Well, and, and you're right. What do they have to lose, right? Like, yeah. what does Drew Locke have to lose? And what do the Broncos have to lose in these final two games? Let's let us let the kid make some mistakes and, and figure out how he bounces back from not only those mistakes, but from his first loss as well. Uh, you mentioned Shelby Harris. This dude, we talk about a lot about how Justin Simmons is going to get paid in the offseason. Shelby's not going to get Justin Simmons-type money, but Shelby Harris is having himself a heck of a season, and mm-hmm. he's going to make somebody really happy, whether it's here in Denver or elsewhere, and I tend to believe that it might be elsewhere at this point. Mm-hmm. But I think that he is going to make some bank um, this offseason, and he has been really, really good for the Broncos in that defensive line, which has been just beleaguered um, with injuries. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think he was – Almost on the verge of retiring, almost on the verge of being cut soon after that. And now he leads all defensive linemen in the NFL with seven batted passes. He's got, what, six sacks, a career high. Uh, yeah, he's he's putting up monster numbers, and he's, he's critical to this defense. I mean, this is a guy that was just a future signing a few years ago, you know, and future signings, it's just – you're just given a chance to compete in camp at that point. Nothing is guaranteed for you. Um, and he's certainly earned his way. Um, they need to keep him. I don't know yeah. if he wants to stay. But No, but you're right. They The Broncos would be wise to keep him. Yes. Uh, especially not knowing what, what the future holds for Derek Wolf. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Adam Gotsis. I mean, they have been beat up on that, mm-hmm. on that defensive line. And they have yet to find... You don't. I mean, obviously, you know Draymond Jones is going to be back, and you, Demarcus Walker is going to be back, but you don't look at those guys and say, "Okay, we've got our defensive line solidified." Yeah. Um, and maybe Shelby can can be part of that puzzle. I mean, Demarcus Ware was given a chance when Adam Gotsis got demoted and couldn't hold on to it. So neither of those guys are, you know, truly in good standing with Vic Fangio at this yeah. point. Um, Gotsis maybe a little bit more, but he was benched once and now he's going to be a free agent. So, I mean, really your only key piece there is Draymond Jones. And then, the you know, the other guys. you don't guys, really know what you have in him. Exactly, exactly. He you didn't know? get much time before he got hurt. Uh, he showed flashes, but that was about it. Um, Demarcus Walker has one year left on his deal, um, but his salary isn't guaranteed this final year, so he could easily be gone too. Um, and he's a guy we didn't know if he was going to make the team yeah. in training camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's every year with him has kind of been like, oh, gosh, does he stay? He's a second-round pick, so you keep thinking, mm-hmm. well, they invested in him, but you never know. I mean, their whole cornerback's room could be gone. Todd Davis has a team option. You don't know what that means for him. I mean, the offensive line, that it's 
again, I go not to be a downer, but there are a lot of holes. So Shelby uh, though, somebody, Shelby's having a heck of a year. Shelby, <laughs> sign that dude. Uh, yeah. You mentioned guys who aren't necessarily on Vic Fangio's uh, holiday list, and I would have to imagine that Jawan James is one of those guys. Mm. Nikki, this is this is just we. It's it's weird, right? Like, what's the? I don't know of a better way to describe it. This whole thing has just been super weird. He goes, he plays in Houston, plays well, and then doesn't play in Kansas city for, for whatever reason. And he clearly doesn't believe that his knee is a hundred percent according to Vic Fangio. Because aren't all NFL players a hundred percent at this time of the year. And he hasn't even played. Uh, yeah. If, if you thought the, you know, he's not emotionally or mentally ready comment was, you know, bad. I, I still, this, he, he doesn't feel it's a hundred percent. So he's a little bit leery of it now. Like, are you serious right now? I mean, how does Von Miller feel about that right now when he played, you know, with a pretty significant knee injury? Um, didn't want to sit out. How do any of the others who are playing through injuries? I mean, yeah. Noah Fant's got shoulder, hip, foot issues. I mean, they're all playing through stuff at this point, all of them. That's just – that's the reality of the NFL. But he don't want to get out there when he's, you know, making what third most money on the team, and you know he's not a hundred percent. How does how does that happen? It's a really it's a really weird dynamic, and I'm interested to see how it unfolds not only for the rest of this season, but for the rest of his contract. Right? Yeah. Like you 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 think he's going to come back, and obviously if. At the end of the offseason, you're feeling pretty good heading into the 2020 season, you would think. But this cannot be playing well inside that Broncos locker room with the other guys, and it certainly isn't playing well with the head coach. Well, especially after this game. I mean, Elijah Wilkinson got worked on the right yeah. side of the line. Um, Juwan James, even when he you know, was kind of half playing it the last time he was in there, was still better than that. So, yeah, it's it's just glaring at this point. The problem for 2020 is the salary is already fully guaranteed. They've already paid him that. So, then what? You know? I yeah, mean, like, he's, he's coming back. I mean, he's going to be on the team. Yeah, I, they can't get rid of him. If they do, they, I mean, they have $19 million in dead money, and they, they lose $6 million in, in cash space. So, it's, it's, he's coming back, you know, 2021. You can look at that, but yeah. But this is something that they're going to have to deal with. And if you're, I mean, if you're the Broncos, it puts you in a bit of a pickle because you don't know what to, or how to feel about Juwan James Mm -hmm. and whether or not he can give you three games, four games, let alone 16. Yep. For $51 million, you know? Right. That's going to factor into their – I mean, that's got to factor into their offseason plans because you don't know if you can trust the guy to show up right now. Yeah, and if you can't protect your young quarterback, what do you have, really, you know? It's it's the same story for years for the Broncos, right? It's need a quarterback, need an offensive line, need some defensive pieces. I mean, what has changed since Peyton Manning retired other than that their defense is not as good as it was then? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it looks you don't have Peyton Manning calling the plays, and that is showing, and your defense has gotten worse. Yeah, 
Peyton Manning was the best offensive coordinator they had. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been the best offensive lineman they had. Exactly. <laughs> well, there are still All two right. games left. I mean, you know, yes. there should be okay. some positives. Okay, we're going bright side that. to end. I like yeah, it. You know, I like I, it. I gotta... Look, I honestly, I expect this team to finish 7-9. and nine. I, I really do. I expect them to win their final two home games. And then as they are walking off the field at mile high, you're – they are not going to be able to help themselves from thinking, man, we're seven and nine. Remember that Chicago game? Remember that Jacksonville game? Remember that big mm-hmm. lead we had at Minnesota? All of a sudden, that's yeah. a whole different scenario. Right. We'll see. You know, it's it's easy to say that in hindsight, right? But how many times have they been saying it, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Mile High Magic. We will be back with you later this week um, and get you set for that Lions game. Should be a fun one. Um, And I'll be interested to hear what Von Miller has to say uh, Thursday afternoon when he meets with the media and kind of what the other guys say about Von and and his temperament heading into uh, the final two games, given what we heard from him uh, yesterday in Kansas City. So that is going to do it for us. For my partner, Nikki Javala, I'm Michael Spencer. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on Mile High Magic. We will talk to you later this week.